0: Beep, 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 beep. adjust your mic
1: beep, 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 beep. ready to go yeah wait let me actually i said yes but i will that's a water click Welcome back to another episode of Is I'm Emma.
0: And I'm Luke.
1: And we're reading The Ship of Magic, Chapter 6, The Quickening of the Vivatia.
0: The beginning part of this chapter is starting with Brashan's point of view. He is standing aboard as they're bringing the litter of Ephron on, and he's getting emotional because it's finally becoming real for him that... Efren really is dying like Althea you know he had that kind of childish hope in his heart that you know the minute that his captain would step outside and onto the deck of the ship that the sea breeze and everything would make him feel better and he'd captain her again whatever but you know it's way deeper down and actually seeing the state that Efren is in makes him realize this is truly happening.
1: As Efren is carried onto the boat in a litter, Brashen is kind of keeping his distance. He is allowing Kyle to step in to take over because this is Kyle's father-in-law. So it's only right that he takes care of the familial matters. But it seems as though Brashen is kind of in an in-between phase of inner circle and outer circle. He's not quite far enough away to not be able to rush to the side of Efren as Ephrin motions with his hand to move him. Um, Efren tell wheezes out that um he can't have anything beneath him and the ship. So as he moves a hand, it is like Just like habit, you know, he
0: just kind of jumps to the command and starts to help him off the litter and onto the deck. Right. If I may, sir, he said softly and waited for the half nod of both recognition and permission that he was given. Althea was suddenly beside him, slipping her arms under her father's bony legs as Brashen himself took the bulk of the old man's weight. Not that there was much weight to him... Or even that he was all that old, Brashen reminded himself as he eased the emaciated body down to the bare planks of the deck. Instead of frowning at the hardness of the deck, the captain sighed as if some great pain had suddenly eased. His eyes flicked open and found Althea. A trace of their old spark was there as he quietly commanded her, Althea, the figurehead peg. Did you think anything of the sudden easing of his pain? When he got touched, when he touched the vivacia,
1: I think I, I didn't think it was like actually easing of pain. I thought it was more, he's relieved not have to fight for life anymore.
0: Yeah. I, I think it's like half relief, but also maybe vivatia can do something similar to intro. I don't know, but.
1: That, that's an interesting thought. No, I thought of it more as like a. I've been holding on to life for so long, and now I can finally let go. Yeah, and there's like, what I
0: took it as yeah, mainly. Yeah, as well. but
1: I, but I like the idea that potentially there's like more under it that maybe Vivacia, he's like connecting in the same way, Althea kind of does, or even just drawing strength from the Vivacia to be able to give the command.
0: Yeah, for sure.
1: And he does give the command to grab the figurehead peg, which makes Althea kind of widen her eyes in shock and brashen is also a little shocked because it's well known in trader families especially people who have been on a live ship trader boat that that means death is near this is something that is held in death so that more of a person's uh what did we call it anima Anma, yeah, their can, essence or yes, whatever. can be absorbed by the ship. Nobody's really sure if it actually does anything, but they all do it anyway. Mm-hmm. And it, I believe, is only available when a ship is not quickened.
0: Yeah, I think so too, because once it is quickened, the figurehead is a living thing. Yes. So,
1: yeah. So we have this thing that is being asked for by Efren that is very serious. It means that he knows the end is near. If he's asking for it now, he probably isn't expecting to make, make it much longer, which I think it's hard for Brashin because yes, he's seeing the weakened state, but this is kind of another shock of like, Oh no, he's dying. Yeah. yeah. He's it's real. It's happening right now.
0: But Brashin does retain his head and moves to step back to leave the family but his wrist is caught at by Ephron, and Brashan lowers his head towards him, and Efren says, Go with her, son. She'll need your help. Stand by her through this. His voice was a hoarse whisper. Brashin nodded that he understood, and Captain Vestret released him. But as Brashan rocked back onto his heels to stand, the dying man spoke again. You've been a good sailor, Brashen, he now spoke clearly and surprisingly loudly, as if he desired not just his family, but everyone to hear his words. He dragged in a breath. I've no complaint against you nor your work, another breath. Could I but live to sail again, you'd be my first choice for a first mate. His voice failed on the last words, coming out as a wheeze. His eyes left Brashen's suddenly face suddenly to turn unerringly to where Kyle stood and glowered. He struggled, then drew in a whistling breath. But I shan't sail again. Vivatia will never again be mine. And he struggles to say anything more. So I'll, as he's seemingly weakening here, Brashen runs off to find Elthea and hurry her back. So it talks a little bit now about the figurehead peg, a little bit more in detail, how it is a secret, how, like, where it's located. And we learn later that only, you know... Trader families of the blood of the ship can access it and put it back, but it is kind of precarious to get to. So Brashen has to help Althea lower her down and, and haul her back up to retrieve this.
1: I do want to go back a little bit to Efren's kind of last big speech. Yeah. We get to see Efren try to do a little bit of damage control for what he knows, he knows is coming and I think it's really interesting that he has the knowledge enough to know that Brashin probably won't be on this ship anymore. Yeah. That Kyle isn't going to respect Brashin. And I think they've already had that discussion, uh, at least Brashin and the first mate. Right. <laughs> right. That discussion. <laughs> no, I think you're right. But I just mean that Efren.
0: Yeah. is aware of that too.
1: Yeah. Efren is aware that. Brashin probably won't be on the ship anymore. And mm-hmm. I think this is him trying to do damage control, but I think it's really interesting that in his final moments, he is trying to protect Brashin, which is great, but protect Brashin from a future that he is ensuring by his own decisions. And so I think that's really, really weird. I yeah. don't know. I just, I find it so Maybe. odd.
0: You can want to do best by your family or what you are convinced is best for your family and still want to protect people that you cared about.
1: That's true. I the, guess. If
0: they're not your family, you know?
1: Yeah, that's fair. Do you read it, though, as Kyle is the one glowering at Efren's feet or Efren is glowering at Kyle?
0: Uh, Kyle glowering. Oh. that okay. says uh, where Kyle stood and glowered.
1: Okay. But. I mean. His eyes moved to the
0: place. I I just figured it's following directly after Kyle in terms of the way the sentence is written. I would assume that it's Kyle, not Efren, who is glowering.
1: Every time I've read it, I've read it as Efren glowering at Kyle. And I'm uh, so it like makes me more confused as to why he would ever okay his ship going to Kyle.
0: I I feel like there would be a comma after where Kyle stood. That's fair. If it was Efren who is glowering.
1: Okay. Well, either way, I also think it's weird that Kyle would be glowering because Efren's literally dying. <laughs> He's always glowering. <laughs> that's fair. That's, that's like resting face.
0: <laughs> yeah. Strong RBF. True. <laughs> or I guess RAF or something. Yeah. I don't know. <laughs> either, <laughs> either way. One.
1: Yeah, But it is, it is, I guess, nice that Brashin gets to hear from Efren that Efren really respects him mm-hmm. and couldn't recommend a better person. I think that's probably something that ration probably strives for in life to get approval. Yeah. Especially for
0: somebody who basically is his moral signpost.
1: Right. Right. To know that Efren appro- approves of him. Mm-hmm. And I don't know. I just, I, I think that's really sweet and also nice for Brash that he can have that moment. I feel bad that it has to come at this expense. (laughs) but
0: There's also the promise that he makes, Efren.
1: Yes, he promises. Go with
0: her son. She'll need your
1: help. Stand by her through this. Right. And we all know as rereaders that this is not about the figurehead peg.
0: Yeah, not just that, at least.
1: (laughs) (laughs) And it's another time when Efren is using the fact that he is ill to say the least (laughs) and get promises out of people that, they don't know the full scope of.
0: Yeah. You make that sound like it's malicious at this point because when he can't talk anymore, he's like turning blue and right. in the process. Of no.
1: dying, so. Okay. It's hard.
0: <laughs> I know what you mean. I yes, know what you yeah. mean. Just right there. It's like, I don't think he meant to just say the least and manipulate Brash into this.
1: <laughs> well, no, I'm just saying this is like the second time it's happened. And I, right. I don't think that, Efren is, like, doing all that he could to be transparent. You know, do I, you know what I mean? Like, he could have said, help Althea through the loss. At least that would give him some context that, like, I mean more than this. But it kind of feels like he's saying really vague stuff to both Ration and Althea to hear positive reinforcement so that he can die and not feel guilty. <laughs> you know what I mean? Which, I guess, fair enough. The dude has been suffering for a while. But... It makes me a little sad for (laughs) Althea and Brashen. Did you
0: read it first that he, Efren was just saying stand by her through let's stand by her getting the figurehead peg and stuff. I immediately, like the first time I read it, even I thought it was like stand by her through this whole trans, like this whole grief process.
1: Right? No, I, I definitely read it that way too, but Brashen does not take it that way. And I guess how would he know? I I
0: don't know. He kind of does ish because like at the end of this chapter, he still goes after her and everything. He does say like the extent of the promise is like not what I expected, but I feel like it was, he took it as stand by her this day, you know, like be here for her this day, maybe not after this, but I'm pretty (laughs) sure Brashin doesn't take it as like just help her with the the figurehead peg, you know?
1: Hmm. That's fair. I get. Yeah, I don't know. I suppose if I knew that it probably wasn't just about that.
0: A <laughs> little bit of column A, a little bit of column B for yeah. you know, for both sides there.
1: Right. I don't know. Anyway, so, he goes after Althea.
0: Yes, and helps her retrieve that. She says thanks, and races back to her father. Brashen right behind
1: her. Right, And we should mention that Althea has to lean over the railing towards Vivacia, So on the front of the deck and get at a place where she needs to be kind of held by Brashen around her waist to keep her weight so she can reach. So this is like a precarious position. It apparently looks very inappropriate to Kyle later when yeah. it happens again. I just thought it'd be important to note that. It does happen already, and it is the same. He's holding her waist, and she is grabbing the figurehead peg.
0: Mm -hmm. They were not a moment too soon. Efren Vestrit's death was not to be a pleasant one. Instead of closing his eyes and going in peace, he fought it as he had fought everything in life that opposed him. Althea offered him the peg, and he gripped it as if it would save him. Drowning, he strangled out drowning on a dry deck. And for a time the strange tableau held. Althea and her father gripped either end of the peg. Tears ran freely down her ravaged face. Her hair, gone wild about her face, clung to her damp cheeks. Her eyes were wide open, focused, and caring, as she stared down into the depths of her father's mirroring black eyes. She knew there was nothing she could do for him, but she did not flinch away. And Efren passes away.
1: But not before Kefria can take her stake. As Ephra Ephron is struggling with life, <laughs> Kefria is clinging to her mother and crying while her mother is talking to her in a low voice. At which point, her mother comes forward to say.
0: Althea to get her attention and at the same time she thrust her older daughter forwards towards their father you must she said in an odd low voice you know you must there was an odd purple purposefulness to her voice as if she forced herself to some very unpleasant duty the look on her older daughter's face Kefria that was her name seemed to combine shame with defiance Kefria dropped to her knees suddenly beside her sister she reached out a pale trembling hand Ration thought she would touch her father. Instead, she resolutely grasped the peg between Althea's hand and her father's. Even as Kefria made her unmistakable claim to the ship by grasping the peg above Althea's hand, her mother affirmed it for her. Althea, let go the peg. The ship is your sister's, by right of her birth order, and by your father's will. The mother's voice shook as she said the words, but she said them clearly.
1: So we have a little bit of drama on Efren's deathbed. Kefria, from Brashen's explanation, doesn't seem to want to do this. It's unclear if she doesn't want to do it because she feels bad about taking this from Althea or if she just doesn't want to have to deal with the fallout or like really what yeah, we the don't know. root of her defiance is. However, she does end up taking her stake as Ration calls it. And we have Kefria. No, I'm sorry. We have Ronica pushing Kefria to do it and kind of, speaking for her which is kind of a trend that we've been seeing and not necessarily commenting on so far but it seems as though ronica is still babying kefria in a way i guess in 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 my opinion she's she kind of makes the decisions and kefria has to follow along and kefria seems to like the role of playing along i don't i don't want it to sound like i think that Ronica is forcing her daughter to be this subservient role. I think Kefria enjoys not needing to make the decisions. I think that's probably why she was drawn to Kyle because Kyle doesn't let her make decisions, but I think this is just another pattern of Ronica kind of taking over and doing what she thinks is best, but also not really considering what Kefria would have wanted and just Kefria going along with it.
0: Yeah, it's fair. In, in general, the in my eyes, at least rereading this, it seems like everybody in this situation is like, this sucks, but it kind of has to be done, including Ronica. It's just like right. she doesn't want this to happen. Her voice is shaking. She doesn't want to go through this. And yet, at the same time, Ronica's is a pragmatic person and it would be like, this is the way it has to be because it's for the best. It's just not the best for you.
1: Right. It's, it's really interesting because we see Ronica fighting with this outside pressure. And I think to Althea, it seems as though it's Ronica's viewpoint. I don't necessarily know that Ronica ever agrees with the outside pressure she lives up to, but I think it is really interesting that given the opportunity to pave a new path or, and make her daughters happy or, follow the old traditional way and make everyone unhappy. She chooses making everyone unhappy because that's just how things are done. (laughs) And I like, don't love that about her. I think it's really interesting that she says, well, it has to be this way. Like everything bad will happen, which maybe some bad things would happen, but it kind of seems like from all the talks that we see later with Brash in, in, town as he go or, on the docks, people were expecting Althea to take over. And I don't think it would have been that big of a deal. I don't think they would have lost trade deals. It's like yeah. the Brashin being first mate issue or taking over the ship while Ephron was sick instead of Kyle. I don't actually think it would have been as big of a deal. Right. Maybe at soirees that she had to attend dinners and parties, but like on the dock side of things, I don't know if it would have been, I think people still would have traded with them.
0: Yeah, that's, that's a little bit of Veronica's shortcoming. She's been such a powerful woman who has had to make all of the decisions for the Vestrid family for so long because of Efren's, you know, hands-off approach. Right. That with her, and, and we've praised her before on her far-seeing, like, consequences and things like this and, right. and things to come, she is very narrow-minded when it comes to Althea with her jealousy. And... I think the view that other people have towards sailors or the sailors have towards each other, because she's not been around the ship at all. Yes. And I mean, I can't even say that maybe if she'd been around somebody who would convince her otherwise, because Efren was very solid, like, Hey, no, Althea is going to take it and he had to be convinced. So I think it is just Ronica's stubbornness of like, I've had to make all the decisions so far and we've done great for the most part. So like, this is the best decision for the the family going forward, because Efren, you're not gonna be in it, unfortunately. So like, we have to make money and right. still play the the good, you know, put our best foot forward in the social circles. Right, with a man taking over the ship, and the eldest man in our in our uh, family now. So like, I, I see where she's coming from, but it is a narrow mind in a narrow view decision. Um, and I think it's kind of blinded by her jealousy of Elthea being a little bit free and the resentment that she's had that Elthea hasn't had to do any of like the homely activities.
1: Right. I also think that it stems from a place of only focusing on the things that could go wrong, which I think anyone who has ever been anxious about anything can kind of feel, (laughs) you know, that's, that's how it feels. You just only focus on all the things that could go wrong. She wasn't really, I don't think she was making pros and cons lists and thinking about Uh all the positives that might arise. She was just like, Oh, here's a bunch of negatives that could possibly happen for both scenarios. I think this has less negatives. And that kind of seems to be how she makes all of her decisions of what has less negatives. And I feel like maybe it would be better if she focused on what would have more positives.
0: <laughs> right. I mean, to be, to be fair to her, though, with this decision, like Althea is completely untested. Yeah. She is very young. And it's not that she wouldn't be a good leader eventually, but Kyle is kind of the best choice, at least in the short term. Right. He was a captain of multiple ships, you know, like he cam- comes from a, a trader family. Not right. an old trader, but a trader family. Right. And you know, she- just like broad strokes, when you first look at it, Kyle's the obvious choice.
1: Right. And. She doesn't know Kyle super well. She doesn't know all of the horrible decisions he's about to make when he takes over. So it's not like she has the foresight to know, oh, he hates women and he doesn't care about my family and he has an axe to grind against the fact that he's not a live ship trader family.
0: Because she's, I mean, because Ronica's in the position of not being disrespected by Kyle. Right. Because she is the matriarch of the family and Efren was still alive and he had to, you know play nice to them, but now that he is the the man of the family, things change a little bit with yes. the ownership of the ship.
1: Yes. So, I guess it's... I don't know. Like, I feel for her because there's no way she could have known in the position she was in, there's no way she would have known what Kyle is truly like. But also... It is sad because she kind—I of, don't know—I just yeah. don't like the decision she made. I feel like there were other ways well, to go. I mean, about
0: that's happened. where all the conflict yes, yes. of this whole book comes. <laughs> I
1: from. I suppose so. without this decision, we wouldn't have <laughs> the book.
0: So before we before we conclude this scene, I just want to jump back a little bit. We're still in Brashen's viewpoint here, and he is kind of taking in the family. And there's a part, point where he mentions uh, other family members clustered around them. The older sister clung tightly to their mother, wordless in grief, but the mother spoke in a low voice into her hair as she embraced her. The girl-child wept, caught in a sort of terror, and clutched at her confused smaller brother. The older grandson stood back and apart from his family, face pale and set as one who endures pain. I highlighted that because that's obviously Winchrow. Yes. I was wondering if you think that he was taking some of the pain from, I don't know, vivacia or... He set back apart from the family and when he takes grief or pain from somebody else, he kind of takes it into himself a little bit. Right. I was just kind of wondering if you thought it was just like pain, just in general, like empathy because he doesn't care that much or doesn't have that much of an emotional attachment or pain because he does have an emotional attachment and he is feeling grief or is he doing something more?
1: I, I don't think he's doing something more. I think it is. I think his grief taking is something he has to touch a person to do. I don't think right. he can just do yeah. it like through the skill through without touch. Yeah, I know. So, That's what I was saying. Yeah. Like from Vivacia. Oh, right. I.
0: But he's probably wearing shoes. So.
1: Right. <laughs> no, I, mean, I just I, wanted I mean, to bring yeah. it
0: up because it was a odd turn of phrase.
1: Yeah. I was, I think of Wintro in this moment as someone who's going through an internal struggle. I think just from last chapter, when we saw his point of view, he very clearly feels a part of, from this. Yeah. He is not feeling like he's part of his family and whether that's because of how they treat him or his own problems. I think seeing someone, even someone he didn't necessarily like, but is still family member who was part of his childhood, struggle to hold on to life in the way that Efren Vestrit does, it would be really sad and hard. Mm -hmm. I mean, we have Malta sobbing uncontrollably and literally an hour ago, maybe two hours ago, she was like, he's been dying all summer. Who cares? So I think it's just a really traumatic thing to see somebody like choke on their own blood for a while, <laughs> and I also think that he's probably thinking about how saw brings us sadness and sure, yeah. yeah, you know, I don't know. So I think I think this is more of like a
0: that's what I was thinking too yeah, in general. Internal. I just wanted to get your thoughts on it.
1: Yeah, so. but I do like the idea that he's connecting to vivation in some way yeah, here.
0: But I don't think he is. No.
1: Also, you forgot to mention that Kyle is described in this as standing at Efron's feet and his arms are crossed
0: with a very still countenance. And Brashen's kind of wondering what's going on in his head.
1: Right. And I thought that was interesting because it gave me the image of Kyle kind of waiting for Efren to die. Kind of like.
0: Gives you that impression.
1: Yeah. It definitely feels aloof. And who knows? Maybe Kyle is also kind of sad because I feel like Efren is a cool guy, but maybe he doesn't care. Maybe he is just like, come on, tick tock, tick tock. I think he's a bit sad too. I mean, he's human. That's fair.
0: But Althea is looking around in disbelief at this point and kind of, after questioning Kefria and her mother, turns to her dad. And his last words are let go. And she just kind of collapses there. She gripped her father's arm as he gaped and gasped like a fish out of water. Papa, she whispered again. And Efren dies and Althea just collapses forward. She put her head on her father's chest and wailed shamelessly and hopelessly. She did not see what Brashen saw. Kefria stood and surrendered the peg to her waiting husband. In disbelief, Brashen watched Kyle accept it. He walked away from them all, carrying the precious peg as if he truly had a right to it. For an instant, Brashen nearly followed him. Then he decided it was something he'd just as soon not witness. Peg or no, the ship would quicken. Brashen thought he already felt a difference about her. The use of a peg would only hasten the process. But the promise that he had given his captain now had a different shade of meaning for him. Go with her, son. She'll need your help. Stand by her through this. Captain Vestret had not been speaking about the peg or his death. Brashen's heart sank as he tried to decide exactly what he had promised to do. Great. And then we move to Althea.
1: So, with the end of Brashen's side we get the ultimate betrayal of Althea Althea had the rug pulled out from under her as she landed because she found out her father was actually dying not just a little sick and that makes me really sad for her because that's a really hard news to take but not only that the person that she loved and respected most betrayed her and Mm. gave her sister the ship Yep, and I think that would also be really hard for Althea. Obviously, as we'll see through her pres- her point of view, it is very hard for her. But it is really interesting that she does let go after her father tells her to, and then still stays by his side until yeah. he dies. She doesn't walk away, but she notably does not look at her mother or sister.
0: Mm-hmm. And she is grappling with what exactly what you said two unthinkable things happen and she says if one happened at a time she could probably handle it you know grieve yes of course but get over it but two is just leaving her stunned with both of those things happening she does feel an immense amount of pain but it kind of is dwarfed by her anger and she's trying not to even consider her anger at this point There are some hands that grip her shoulders and she kind of brushes them off. Like, I don't want to be touched right now. And they come back and she says, go away, Brashen, with no strength. But she no longer had the will to shrug his grip away. The warmth and steadiness of his hands on her shoulders were too much like her father's steady clasp. Sometimes her father would come up on deck while she was on the wheel watch. He could move as silently as a ghost when he wanted to. His whole crew knew that and knew, too... That one could never know when he would silently appear, never interfering in a man's work, but checking the task with a knowing eye. So she's kind of reminiscing here. And somehow, the memory of him doing all of that and the memory of him working gave her strength. The sharp edges of her grief settled into a dull, throbbing lump of pain. She straightened up, squaring her shoulders. She didn't understand anything. Not how he could have died and left her, and certainly not how he could have taken her ship from her and given it to her sister. And she says out loud, But, you know, there were a lot of times when he barked orders, and I couldn't fathom the sense of them. But if I simply jumped up and obeyed, it always came right. It always came right. She turned, expecting to confront Brashin. Instead, it was Wintrow who stood behind her. It surprised her, and that made her almost angry. Who was he to touch her so familiarly? let alone to give her a pale ghost of her father's smile and say quietly, I am sure it will be so again, Aunt Althea. For it is not only your father's will that we accept tragedy and disappointment in our lives, but Sa's will also. If we endure what he sends us cheerfully, it never fails that he will reward us. Stuff it, she snarled in a low and savage voice. How dare he puke out platitudes at her just now, This son of Kyle's that stood to gain all she had lost. No doubt he could endure that fate quite easily. The look of shock on bo- his boy's face almost made her laugh out loud. His hands dropped clear of her, and he took a step backwards. Althea, her mother, shot, gasped in a shock and rebuke. So, we have kind of a firsthand experience of Wintrow drawing pain away, which is mainly just to rouse up good memories of the other person and give them a little bit of comfort or maybe it's, that's just how it manifests. And he actually physically takes away some of the pain.
1: Yeah. It's really interesting. I think too, it's interesting that she mentions how much like her father, Wintro is twice. Yes. And we know Wintro and Althea look very similar, which means they probably both look like Efren. Yes. But the steady hand on her back, reminding her of her father is, is what brings her to those memories. And I think you're right. I feel like this might be something that is purposely pulled up to the surface. Maybe it's something like when Althea was one with Vivacia. It's pulling something pleasant to the surface.
0: Yeah, definitely could be.
1: I guess I don't really know how it works, but... <laughs>
0: yeah, neither None yes, of us know. Yes. And it's never really explored deeply.
1: Right, and I don't think we ever get any more firsthand accounts of the... Mm, maybe with... We
0: might, but... I don't maybe know Maybe with Ada. I don't know, Yeah, but it's, it's hard to say.
1: So, yeah, it is really interesting that for, at least for Althea, it is connecting to a memory of her father and then getting strength from that. And maybe it's just that they're not necessarily something that go together. Maybe the hand on her back is what brought up the memory and she would have felt strong regardless of, Remembering anything about her father, but yeah. either way, she is feeling stronger now until she realizes that it's Wintro. I guess not until she's still feeling strong, but she, I guess, number one, at least recognized that it's Wintro now because before she was like, must be some cousin. <laughs> right. So I guess, good on her, but also decides to lash out at him. And I think this is very cruel considering he is. 14 13 yeah he's a kid and i get that it's kyle's kid but she doesn't even know him and if he's like kyle at all and yet she immediately he's being kind and comforting her and she is taking it the worst way possible and i don't know
0: yeah i see i definitely see both sides to this because yes cruel to just be you know very rude but to like a 13 year old who's trying to help. And she's definitely, you know, just relating everything to Kyle, as we said before that she did, it's just everything is Kyle's fault and it's his boys, you know, hurt look and everything like that. It's not Wintro's it's Kyle's boys. Right. So yes, definitely lashing out, but this is a very rough time for her one. And two, Wintro is just spouting platitudes. I would not want to be comforted with like that kind of like, yeah, <laughs> just face it with joy because Saw will reward you. Like, right. no, don't <laughs> like literally stuff it, Wintro. Like, I don't want to hear a 13 year old boy preaching at me during that time.
1: I mean, OK, first of all, fair. It is like, uh, but that's what she had to hear. But He's also 14. It's not like he has the social wherewithal to know, like, maybe not the time to be talking about how it's actually a good thing that your dad died because Saw rewards us all for accepting death. I don't know. Like, I don't know. He doesn't know. He hasn't been around death enough.
0: (laughs) Apparently he has, though. Like, he goes out to the villages with Berendal and the other priests all the time. Like that's what he says in his, (laughs) (laughs) like he's been there a lot.
1: Right. But I don't think he's had to take point on being the only one there to comfort.
0: That's fair. But like, I don't know. I'm not blaming Wintro for what he did because that's his like training. But like, I understand Althea's point of lashing out. Yeah. It's mean and rude to do and she doesn't frame it the best in her mind, but she's not in the best mindset Yeah, at this point. But like, I wouldn't want to hear that from Wintro either. Yeah. So I don't know. And especially if with her mindset of blaming everything on Kyle, being reminded of her father in two ways from this boy who is preaching at you and then being like, no, he's going to enjoy all of the rewards that Kyle reaped because he's Kyle's boy. Kyle has a ship now, so it's Wintro's ship now. Yeah. Yeah. You can you can live with yourself and be happy. Because everything that I have was taken away and given to you.
1: Right. Which is pointing to the fact that she is still immature because she believes everyone thinks the same way she does. Right. She is thinking yeah. that Wintrow would be ecstatic to have this opportunity. Yes. And is willing to step into her shoes of being.
0: And and later yeah. when Wintrow is kind of saying, I don't want to do this, blah, blah, blah. She kind of just passes over that. Yeah. And doesn't really comment on it. I think, she has her own issues going on, but right.
1: <laughs> I think maybe how she reacts later is why I'm so, I guess, offended <laughs> that of the way she treats Wintro now. I think mostly the thing that I don't like about Althea is that she is never wrong in her own eyes that there right, is, yeah. she never readjusts or is like, Oh, you know, maybe I was wrong about that or feels sorry about something she's done. She just keeps going. It's just, oh, I guess I was wrong. Oh, well. And doesn't, I don't know. She just doesn't think about how her actions affects others. And I feel really bad because Wintro, who is so sensitive, is taking this way more personally than it should be taken. Yeah. Because he doesn't understand the background between Althea and his dad. He doesn't know why she would be hostile to him in this situation. And he has been going with the priest, like you've said to death situations, but that is two people who wanted the priests there for the death of a loved one.
0: And he's 13.
1: Yeah. And he's he's... 13. So I don't think he can connect the dots that like that's two different situations and that his family members didn't call him there to have a priest of saw there. They called him there because he's family. Mm -hmm. And so I think that's part of his deal too. But anyway, I think, I don't know. I think I'm just being hard on her because of how she acts later too. It's an <laughs> well, amalgamation of
0: things. Ronica rebukes her for kind of yelling at Wintro here. And Althea is getting angrier at all of this confrontation now. And she says, don't think I don't know whose idea it was that Kefria inherit the ship. She warned her heatedly. Oh, Althea, Kefria cried out. And the pain in her voice almost sounded real. The grief and dismay on her sister's face nearly melted her. Once they had been so close. But then Kyle strode into their midst, announcing angrily, something's wrong. The peg won't go into the figurehead. So again, like there's another example of, yes, she's completely right for kind of confronting her mom like that. Don't think I won't forget because it was her idea. But then thinking that Kefria's grief isn't real. At that point, like
1: I, I know she's
0: close to melting. Yes, She's 19. Yes. She's super heated, but like, that's just another example of like, she's always right. And people are just out to get her at this point.
1: Yeah. And I think it's really interesting that she notes that Kefria is upset and she's trying to frame it in this way of like, Oh, she almost seems guilty. And I bet like, I don't know. It just seems like, Kefria can't possibly feel the pain that I'm feeling right now. And there's no way that Kefria had good intentions. There's no way that she thought that this would be a good idea. She just hates me. I think it's more like
0: just lashing out at people who are there and because Kefria is the one who did it, but Deep down, she knows that, like, yeah, it was Veronica who was doing it, and her mom's going to convince her sister.
1: Right. But also, she's acting as though Kefria hasn't also lost her dad. Like, this isn't also a hard decision for Kefria, and I just, uh, Althea, and the life isn't always about you. You're not the center of the universe. (laughs) I'm sorry. And then Kyle comes striding in. And that ruins- The true center of the universe. (laughs) That ruins all hope that Kefria had of her sister forgiving her.
0: Yes. (laughs) For a moment, the silence held. Then even Kyle had the grace to look abashed because everyone was kind of quiet because there was a dead body there. Well, right. Their father.
1: Their dad is stiffening as uh, they speak and he's more worried about the ship. And it's just incredibly rude. I mean,
0: everyone's kind of worried about the ship.
1: Well, right. But I mean, specifically the figurehead Pete, he's not like coming into this. It's
0: more like he's worried about his claim. Yes. Rather than the ship. Yes. (laughs) Or (laughs) Ephraim. He stood holding the silver gray peg and glancing about as if his eyes could find nowhere to rest. Althea took a long shuddering breath, but before she could speak, she heard Brashen's voice dripping sarcasm. Oh, perhaps you do not know that only a blood family member may quicken a live ship. It was as if he stood in an open field in a storm and called the lightning down on himself. Anger convulsed Kyle's face, and he went redder than Althea had ever seen him. What gives you the right to speak here, dog? I'll see you off this ship. That you will, Brashen affirmed calmly, but not before I've done my last duty to my captain. He spoke clearly enough for a dying man. Stand by her through this, he said to me. I do not doubt that you heard him. And I shall. Give the peg to Althea. The quickening of the ship at least belongs to her. He never knows when to shut up. That had always been her father's strongest criticism of his young first mate. But when he had said it, an awed admiration had always crept into his voice. Althea had never understood it before. Now she did. He stood there, ragged as any deckhand was at the end of a long voyage, and spoke back to the man who had commanded the ship and likely would again. He heard himself publicly dismissed and did not even flinch. She knew Kyle would never concede to his demand. She did not even let her heart yearn for it. But in making that demand, he suddenly gave her a glimpse of what her father had seen in him.
1: I think it's really interesting that it takes Brash in doing something nice for Althea, for Althea to see his
0: worth. (laughs) Yep.
1: (laughs) Hmm. I wonder why that is. (laughs) Maybe it's because she only understands things when it pertains to her. I don't know. Lots of growing. Ugh, Althea. <laughs> but the, it is very noble of Brashin to do this. Although, I guess, what does he have to lose? He's losing his home anyway. It's not like Kyle's going to let him stay.
0: But knowing Brashin's mind is just like, well, that's not the right thing to do. Give it to Althea. Everyone knows it should have gone to her. So. Right.
1: <laughs> I stayed quiet the whole ship ride. I'm not part of this crew anymore. Yep. Give it to Althea. <laughs>
0: <laughs> so, Kyle st- stands glowering there. Of course, another part where he's standing glowering his eyes go around the circle of mourners but even as althea is aware of it she knows that he kyle is aware of the outer circle of the crewmates there as well so he can't just like give in to brashan's demands so he calls wintro
1: Right. Also, I think because he doesn't want to confuse the crew as to who's really in charge, he doesn't want Althea to have any upper hand here. Yeah. So there's this real strong urge from Kyle to not give Althea any leverage. And he does call Wintrow and Wintrow says it's not my right and dismissal, which makes Kyle more mad. He's already furious. He's getting angrier by the second. And he thinks it's because Wintro doesn't think he's Vestrit enough. And he says you have Vestrit and Haven blood in you. You can do it. And the boy says he can't. Wintro refuses. He says that he's going to be a priest of Saw. And Saw priests can't have things. Yeah,
0: they can't own anything. And Kyle is working up his fury here and replies... Sabi damned, your mother gave you, not I, and I hereby take you back. Now take this peg and quicken the ship. As he spoke, he had stepped forward to seize his eldest by the shoulder. Boy tried not to cower away from him, but his distress was plain. Even Kefria and Ronica look shocked by Kyle's blasphemy, as well they might. And Elthea is kind of witnessing this, and she says her grief has kind of stepped back and has left her oddly sensitized, like numbed, but oddly sensitized to everything going around her. And she watched these strangers who shouted and squabbled with one another while an unburied man slowly stiffened at their feet. A great clarity seemed to have come into her mind. She knew with ab- abrupt certainty that Kefria had known nothing of Kyle's intentions regarding Wintrow, The boy obviously had not. The shock on his face was too great as he stood staring in confusion at the silky gray peg his father thrust into his hands. So Althea is kind of witnessing this. And now we kind of see. And Althea kind of sees what Kyle's plan is, because he does announce to Wintrow one day you will have the ship. So his plan is to leave Althea off it completely and take Wintrow with him, take him back from the priesthood because he wants Althea gone.
1: And Althea kind of concedes in this that Wintrow's surprise is too great to have known about it beforehand. And she doesn't think Kefria did know about this. She doesn't think she'd be nefarious enough for that kind of plan. So at least she is recognizing that, like, maybe not everyone is out to get her as she thinks. But she is still thinking that, you know, it's this whole big plan of Kyle's, which it probably was, but I don't know. It it makes me feel bad because she's not like, maybe I shouldn't have been so harsh on either of them. No, it's just, huh? Guess that's how it is anyway. And I, I don't know. It's just, it's hard because also she's watching casually watching as her nephew is clearly uncomfortable around his father is being bullied publicly and manhandled um, around the ship and I just I feel so bad for Wintro and also kind of proud of him for standing his ground like this is scary Kyle is a grown man and clearly has no qualms with laying hands on a child so well no one really knows that he just grabbed him by the shoulder at the moment well I I guess I don't think whenever he hits Wintro later on ship when nobody's around I don't think it's the first time no he doesn't after this chapter, he in the house. I don't think it's the first time he's hit Wintro. I'll
0: have to read it then. But my faint memory of this makes me recall that it is the first time. I don't know. We'll have to read it. Okay. I guess I don't yeah. remember.
1: Maybe it, it is. As, I
0: thought it came as a, like a big surprise. But maybe I'm just confusing that with the Elthea thing.
1: Right. I don't know. Either way. I guess whatever if he if he hasn't actually hit his kids before this good on him I guess for bare minimum. Like, <laughs> I'm not saying <laughs> good on like, him but like well, no I then mean it
0: just doesn't like yeah. then Althea just watching it with everything kind of passive is like what are we doing with my father still here? Right. Why are we arguing about this crap?
1: Right. I guess my bigger point was more just that I feel bad for Wintrow in having to yeah. deal with this and I'm proud I mean, of general, him yeah. for standing up to a scary adult who. I mean, even if Kyle isn't hitting him, he's squeezing his arm and tugging him along. And, like that isn't great either. And Wintro's still trying to stay steady and with his beliefs. And I think that's something that a lot of adults can't even do against adults, yeah, so it's just really admirable of him, mm-hmm. I guess.
0: So Kyle's leading Wintro and prodding him up towards the front, the figurehead. Everyone kind of falls behind and Althea just stays by her father, kneels down and tries to shut his eyes. But Brashen's not going to let her just stay there.
1: As she kneels down, though, she does say, I'm glad you're not here to see this to her father.
0: Yeah. And Brashen says, get up. And she asks why. And he kind of has to pause and, and collect his thoughts but eventually goes on saying, because they can take the ownership of the ship from you, but that does not excuse you from what you owe the ship. Your father asked me to help you through this. He would not want the vivation to quicken and see only strangers' faces. Kyle will be there, she said dully. The hurt was coming back. Ration's blunt words had wakened it again. She will not know him. He is not the blood of her family. Come. I don't want to leave him here alone, looking down at her father. Althea, that's not the captain. It's just his body. He's gone. But the Vivacia is still here. Come. You know you have to do this. Do it well. He leaned down, putting his face near her ear. Head up, girl. The crew is watching. She rose reluctantly to his last words. She looked down at her father's sagging face and tried to meet his eyes one last time. But he was looking past her now, looking into the infinite. She squared her shoulders and held up her head. Very well, then. So Brashen kind of rallies her a little bit, says, you know, be there for Vivatia when she wakes up because she's not going to recognize anybody else except for you. Right. You're like the only other one who's communicated with her from her family.
1: Which, interestingly, is not necessarily enough to get her to go. But
0: I think all of it combined right. with the, the crew is watching thing.
1: Right. But I think it goes back to the she wouldn't wear dresses until her father said yeah. you ha- don't, you know, disrespect your shit. Yeah, yeah, exactly. And I think she has she follows her mother and that she is very worried about image, even if that is not pertaining to the world at large. Instead, just the ship and her crew. Mm hmm. And I think it's really interesting that the thing that she's been waiting for all this time is the vivacious awakening. And in this moment of grief, even that isn't really enough to let her go see her, go leave her father's body, which is super understandable. I mean, this is fresh, (laughs) literally. It just happened. So, of course, it's going to be hard for her to leave. Mm -hmm. But it is... Brashen is right that she needs to go. She needs to be there in this moment. And I think she would have been really upset with herself if she would have missed it.
0: Oh, yeah. A hundred percent. So as Brashen is escorting Althea to the front, she's kind of there regathering herself because Brashen offers his arm formally. And then, you right. know, the whole formal thing kind of brings her back to her mind and, and steals herself. And they come upon Kyle berating Wintrow. "'It's simple, boy. There's the hole. There's the peg. Here's the catch. "'Push the catch to one side and shove the peg in the hole and release the catch. "'That's all. I'll hold on to you. "'You needn't fear that you'll fall into the bay, if that's what's cowing you.' The boy's voice rose in reply, too high still, but gentle, not weak. "'Father, I did not say I could not. I said I would not. "'I do not feel it is my right, nor proper as a servant of Sa, for me to make this claim.' Only a slight tremor at the end of his speech revealed how difficult it was for the boy to keep his aplomb. You'll do as I damn well tell you, Kyle growled. Althea saw him, his hand lift in a familiar threat of a blow and heard Kefria gasp out, Oh, Kyle, no! In two strides, Althea was suddenly between Kyle and the boy. This is not a fitting way for any of us to behave on the day of my father's death. Nor is it a proper way to treat the vivacia. Peg or no, she is quickening. Would you have her awaken to quarreling voices in discord? And Kyle's answer betrayed his total ignorance of all a live ship was. I'd have it awaken in any way it can be managed. Althea took a breath for an angry retort, but then heard Brashen's whisper of awe Oh, look at her. And they can see Vivacious figurehead starting to flake the paint away because it's being replaced by vibrant, real being. Yes, color Same. underneath. Yeah. <laughs> yeah.
1: Um, I think this is really interesting because we t- we get to see a little bit of Kyle's ignorance and also what makes him kind of a bad person. He doesn't really care about how the old traders do things. He just wants it done now. And I, I find it really odd, mostly because it's not like this is the first live ship to ever quicken. I guess it is one of the newer ships it's the last one to not have awoken but surely he has seen a live ship before and understands they are alive it's very odd to me i think this is remember
0: some of them are very particular about who they speak to there are some that are called you know chatty and everything like that and it's probably not kosher for you to go up to any live ship and just strike a conversation if you're not part of the crew even. Right. You know, so like, yes, you probably are aware of it, but to actually have a conversation and actually realize someone is alive and thinking and has, you know, a partnership in this and it's not just a thing. Right. is going to be a little bit different.
1: I guess. I don't know. I, I guess it's just really odd to me that Kyle operates in this way and where he knows absolutely nothing and then also refuses any advice he gets from people who know something.
0: Oh yeah. hundred percent. I mean, I'm not saying that, you know, Kyle's excused for this or anything. I'm just saying that like, that is a reason for his ignorance, but he could have corrected it by talking with Efren or with, you know, anybody else or, you know, that is part of the flaw, but I'm just saying there is a reason for the ignorance to be there.
1: Right. Definitely, I guess. I don't know. I just it just feels so strange to me and out of place that he does think of it so much like this. Maybe it's because the old traders keep so many things secret and away from others that there is just this like, oh, sure, just another one of those crazy old traditions. But. It's not like the other ships don't move. You know what I mean? I think that's what it is. It's like magic is real in this universe. There is really magic and magical ships in the port that you grew up in. And then he's like, what's all this silly nilly business about old, uh, the old way to do things like buddy. They probably know more than you do on this subject. Just accept it. I don't, I don't know. I just don't, it just feels really out of place to me
0: because there's a difference between it being a living being with thoughts and ambitions and feelings itself and an enchant enchanted ship.
1: Mm. Yeah. I suppose. You know, yeah. With, or- every,
0: with everything being guarded so closely with the old traders, like you said, I mean, not much is revealed and Kyle obviously doesn't care too much to have that ignorance lifted to right. ask questions and to learn. So with his Chelsea ways of having dominance over everything, to show that you are in control it's an it
1: right and i suppose like it could be seen as animals you know move and live yeah so maybe in his mind it's more of
0: it's not a human it's not like a intelligent
1: being it's right it's like a horse or dog it's a thing but also horses also can get skittish if you like are loud and noisy around them not
0: if you show them a firm hand emma (laughs) Okay, Just okay. like a woman. <laughs> At least I would assume that's what Kyle would think.
1: Right. <laughs> oh, so weird. Okay, well, fair enough. But yes, we see again that Kyle's going to do anything possible to get Wintrow to mm-hmm. be part of this and to take his claim. And Wintrow is trying his best to not do that. Yes,
0: and with the view of... You know, the quickening happening, the awakening happening. Elthea kind of steps in, like, give me the peg, I'll I'll do it, I'll awaken her. And Kyle is immediately suspicious because it's kind of clear that he doesn't want her on there, so why would she help out? And Ronica chimes in then saying, Give her the peg, Kyle, she commanded him quietly. She'll do it because she loves the Vivacia. Later, Elthea would recall her mother's words, and they would rouse hate in her to a white hot heat. Her mother had known all she felt, and still she had taken the ship from her. But at that moment, she only knew that it pained her to see the vivacia caught between wood and life, suspended so uncomfortably. She could see the distress on Kyle's face, but he offers her the peg. She takes it and uh, can't quite reach, so commands Brashen to help since they've done it before. He grabs her by the waist, lowers her down. Brashen's basically just holding on to all of her weight at this point.
1: Right. So, I think Kyle's distrust is probably stemming a little bit from his ignorance.
0: Yeah, I, I believe so too.
1: I I feel like he probably is thinking here, why, if you put it in, does the ship belong to you then? And yep, some, you that's know, exactly like, what I thought too. Yeah, like, <laughs> will Vivation only work if you're on it? Or, and instead of just asking a question like that, which also I guess would be rude. So, uh, <laughs> he can't instead of having asked that question before now, or even asked what would happen if Efron died before now to be prepared, he just has to hope for the best and be super shady about like, Oh, I, I don't think I trust her, but I'm going to do it because I can't get Wintro to do it. <laughs> and I don't know. It's just so strange. He is trash. I don't know.
0: So Althea hanging there and kind of, Entranced by the way that Vivacious figurehead feels. It's full of life and yet so unfamiliar because the hair gives way, but it's all one piece rather than strands. But you can feel the heat and the flush of the skin and know that it's just full of breath and blood. So Althea is kind of just sitting there entranced and brash and is eventually like, hey, Althea. <laughs> Yeah. I'm holding up your whole weight here. Come on. Please. <laughs> so, so she puts the peg in. And it was now permanently a part of the figurehead. It's the catch seems to vanish.
1: Yes. Um, at this point, Kyle's pretty mad. It seems that it's taken quite a bit of time. We don't know how much time has passed because Alcea is lost in the sauce. But Probably
0: like a minute. But like how long does it take to put in a peg of right. something and like
1: you think it was up. only a minute I feel like it'd be like five minutes five to ten mm,
0: that's a really long time I feel like it would just be like minute two maybe
1: three mm, I'm still sticking with five because <laughs> I because it's enough for Brashen to be like Althea what are you doing and so because she could be scrambling around to try to find the perfect spot you know but I feel like that could be a minute in and of itself I don't know it do- it doesn't matter but she does find it Kyle's furious asking what's taking so long and she dusts herself off and says that it's done
0: vivatia suddenly turned to her as she was beginning to be pulled up she reached up and her strong hands catching hold of althea's own her green eyes met althea's i had the strangest dream she said engagingly then she smiled at althea a grin that was at once impish and merry "'Thank you so for awaking me.' "'You're welcome,' Althea breathed. "'Oh, you are more beautiful than I imagined you would be.' "'Thank you,' the ship replied with the serious artlessness of a child. "'She let go of Althea's hands to brush flecks of paint from her hair and skin, "'as if they were fallen leaves. "'Rashin drew Althea abruptly back up to the deck and set her on her feet with a thump. "'He was very red in the face, and Althea was suddenly aware of Kyle speaking in a low, vicious voice.' and you are off this deck forever trell right now that's right i am somehow the timbre of Brashen's voice took kyle's dismissal of him and made it his own disdainful parting farewell elthea courtesy was back in his voice when he spoke to her as if he were de- as if he were departing from some social occasion he next turned and took formal leave of her mother his calm seemed to rattle the woman for though her lips moved she spoke no for no farewell but Brashen turned and walked away lightly across the deck as if absolutely nothing had happened before Althea could recover from that Kyle turned on her "Are you out of your mind? What is wrong with you letting him touch you like that?" She squeezed her eyes shut then opened them again. "Like what?" she asked dazedly. She leaned on the railing to look down at Vivacia. The figure had twisted about to smile up at her. It was a bemused smile, the smile of a person not quite awake on a lovely summer morning. Althea smiled sadly back at her. You know very well what I speak of. His hands were all over you. Bad enough, you look like a dusty slattern. But then to let a deckhand manhandle you while you dangle all but upside down. I had to put the peg in. It was the only way I could reach. She looked away from Kyle's face, mottled red with his anger, to her mother and sister. The ship is quickened, she announced softly but formally. The live ship Vivacia is now aware. And my father is dead. She did not speak the words aloud, but the reality of them cut her again, deeper and sharper.
1: First, I want to point out that Vivacia has green eyes, which is what Althea predicted. Yep. She said she knew she would have green eyes, and she's correct. Vivacia does. And Vivacia is not fully. Aware of what's going on around her yet,
0: very drowsy. Yes, trying to get new <laughs> used to the surroundings.
1: Yes, and I think that the fact that Vivacia start her first words to Althea were "I had the most wonderful dream" really makes me feel as though when Althea felt she was connecting deeply with the ship by sharing the dreams, I don't think Vivacia had any control of that. I don't think. Yeah before this vivacia was sentient. Right, no, no. But yeah, definitely still better than a normal ship, but not quite, I don't <laughs> know, <laughs> not quite doing things on purpose.
0: Kyle's continuing on his tirade here. What are people going to think of her? He was demanding to De Kefria. The two younger children stared at her openly while the older boy, Wintrow, looked aside from them all as if even being near them made him acutely uncomfortable. Althea felt she could not grasp all that was happening around her. Too much had occurred too fast. Kyle attempting to put her off the ship, her father's death, the quickening of the ship, his dismissal of Brashen, and now his anger at her for simply doing a thing that had needed doing. It all seemed too much for her to deal with, but at the same time, she felt a terrible void. She groped inside herself, trying to discover what she had forgotten or neglected. Althea? It was Vivatia, calling up to her anxiously. She leaned over the railing to look down at her, almost sighing. Yes, I know your name, Althea. Yes, thank you, Vivatia. And in that moment, she knew what the void was. It was all that she had expected to feel. The joy and wonder at the ship's quickening. The moment so long awaited had come and gone. Vivatia was awakened. And save for the first flush of triumph, she felt nothing of what she expected to feel. The price had been too high. And she immediately wishes she could unthink that because it is a betrayal of, you know, who Vivatia is and all that was sacrificed to get to that point. But that's also human. Right. You know, we we talked about this before in previous chapters that, that errant thought and then wishing to take it back because it feels unfaithful.
1: Right. And I also think, The idea of getting this cool new magic thing and that it's going to be so cool and so exciting. Of course, she would think that because you're not really thinking about the death that would accompany it. Right. Like, obviously, she knew her father would have to die for it to happen. But I don't think she imagined watching her father struggle to breathe on the deck for a long time, probably not, I don't think it was very long, but but like, yeah, I mean, Brashen said it was pretty long, That the long fight was over whenever he stopped breathing, but also she probably didn't expect to have the ship taken away from her. Like, she imagined she would own the ship i feel like maybe there would be a little bit more of that excitement still if the vivacia was hers definitely but definitely instead she's now dealing with the grief of losing her father and also the grief of losing the ship on top of having the person she trusted most betray her so it is i don't know i get it
0: and she's trying to be welcoming to vivacia and gracious to her in some sort. And all she can really come up with is, my father would have been very proud of you. And those words wake Althea's grief again, and Vivacia responds, he would have been proud of you also. He knew this would be difficult for you. The ship's voice had changed. In moments it had gone from high and girlish to the rich throaty voice of a grown woman. When Althea looked down into her face, she saw more understanding than she could bear. This time she did not try to stop the tears that flowed down her cheeks. "'I just don't understand it,' she said brokenly to the ship, then swung her gaze back to her family, who, like her, lined the railing and looked down at Vivacia's face. "'I don't understand it,' she said more loudly, although her thickened voice was not more clear. "'Why did he do this? Why, after all the years, did he give Vivacia to Kefri and leave me with nothing?' She spoke her words to her mother's stern anguish, but it was Kyle who dared to speak." Maybe he wanted her to be in responsible hands. Maybe he wanted to entrust her to someone who had shown she could be reliable and steady and care for someone besides herself. I'm not talking to you, Althea shrieked at him. Can't you just shut up? She knew she sounded childish and hysterical and she hated it. But there had just been too much to take today. She had no control left. Veronica says, be quiet, Kyle. And talks to Althea to compose herself. This is neither the time nor the place. We will discuss this later at home in private. In fact, I need to discuss it with you. I want you to understand your father's intentions. But for now, there is his body to dispose of and the formal presentation of the ship. The traders and other live ships must be notified of his death and boats hired to bring them out to witness his burial at sea. And Althea, Althea, come back here right now. She had not realized she was striding away until she came to the game plank and started down it. Somehow she had marched right past her father's body and not even seen it. She did then what she would regret the rest of her, rest of her life. She walked away from Vivacia. She did not accompany her on her maiden voyage to witness the sinking of her father's body in the waters beyond the harbor. She did not think she could stand to watch his feet bound to the spare anchor and his body swathed in canvas before it was tilted over the side. Even after, she would wish she had been there to bid him farewell one last time. At that moment, she can't stand being around Kyle and all of the extra duties to be piled up on by her mother just can't handle so many things happening to her that she just has to leave.
1: Right. And I don't blame her in this moment for walking away. It's kind of, at least for Althea, everyone ganging up on her. Yes. It's not necessarily the truth, but...
0: It definitely feels like that and. And to her, even if she wasn't biased in any way, to her, it is them ganging up on her. Right. Because it kind of blindsides her.
1: And on top of that, I'm sure it's harder because the person who was normally on her side is now gone. Her father would have been there to help back her up, and he's not there anymore. And Kyle's being petty. And horribly rude in the face of the fact that althea just lost her father like his body is yeah, literally Al- still on the deck
0: althea is a brat who only <laughs> thinks about herself which kind of true, true but but, like, it's but not the time yeah. not
1: the time kyle and not the way either no, and also no. i think the worst part to me is that ronica is like more mad at althea for the decorum stuff. And maybe that's because she expects Althea as a family from the old traders, to know better.
0: Also, Althea is the only one who, like, shrieked and yelled out loud at this point. I mean, Kyle did it earlier, right? right? right. He was yelling at Winter. But she didn't but... say yeah.
1: poop to, her, uh, to him <laughs> when he was making a scene. I know, and being that's a why I'm, I'm yes, saying just
0: yeah. in this moment. Right. Althea then, is the one who's kind of shrieking,
1: shut up. Right, right. <laughs> And I guess maybe she said something then, too. We just don't know because Althea wasn't paying attention. I doubt it. But I don't know. It is like a little bit rich that Althea, the woman having an outburst, quote unquote, is worse than whatever the frick Kyle just pulled for the past however long it was between them and
0: do the, the work of disciplining and everything. Cause they're the ship's captains and, and they the can get unhinged horses. and yell, yes. but
1: heaven forbid Althea who just lost her father tell the guy antagonizing <laughs> the woman who is grieving to shut up. Oh, that, that can't happen. No, no, no. Ugh, gross. Hate it. <laughs>
0: <laughs> and so she leaves and she regrets it later. And we get a lot of little glimpses here of, you know, thinking back on these moments that she would regret that, that she would become angrier at her mother for knowing how Althea felt and still taking away the ship. All these little things kind of hint at, yeah, there's futures where she thinks back on this.
1: Right. And just that in this moment, there is still so much grief. Like there's no easy way to process at the moment. And it's not like. People are giving her space. Obviously grief comes in a lot of different forms and anger is a pretty natural reaction to grief. And the fact that people are kind of crowding in on her and not giving her the space and kind of not really even giving her understanding to feel the way that she needs to feel to get over her father's death. They want her just to act the part and pretend like everything's fine when her whole life has been changed in the span of Mm -hmm. a day so, it's going to be way harder than just having a stiff upper lip. Mm-hmm. And, but I don't know. it so the end part of this,
0: though, of her perspective, before we switch back to Brashin, is her saying it was worse than leaving a child in the control of a person you despised. But she also knew there was absolutely nothing she could do about it, at least not now. So, she knows it's absolutely terrible to leave a child in the hands of Kyle. Yes. And yet, Like this, this shows, yes, absolutely horrible what she went through, but it shows a little bit of her immaturity and her emotional control. Horrible what she went through. I don't think I would be able to do it either, but at the same time, like this is what she was supposed to be prepared for to like welcome the new ship in. Right. (laughs) And she's just like, no, can't stand being around Kyle. I'm gone. Vivacia is going to have to, you know,
1: figure it out on her own. Figure it out. This literal infant can figure it out. (laughs) (laughs)
0: Yeah, Ugh. that's got to be confusing.
1: Yeah, I do feel really bad. It is. I don't know. It's hard because on the one hand, right, like she's grieving, a bad thing happened, but on the other hand, like, come on, Althea. Like,
0: so she walks off into uh, town. She does, angry and upset.
1: And we go back to Brashin, mm-hmm. and we find out that after Brashin has left the ship, he has gone to the tiny office right on the docks, which is where sailors get paid. And also, where they get a ship's ticket?
0: Yes, basically, recommendation from the captain or the mate. So they have proof that they were, you know, working and capable, so they can get onto a, onto a different ship. Right. So he gets paid, and he asks for that, and the guy there is like, "Only a captain or a mate can do that." And he's like, "Well, fat chance of that, because I'm not."
1: Yeah, <laughs> I'm he's, not going
0: back there. And the
1: he knows little
0: little gossip session with the agent about the state of the vivacia
1: yes. and captain. Yes, he knows that Kyle will never give him a ship's ticket and or the first mate who he tussled with. <laughs> and there's nothing he can do about that now and he does kind of admonish himself because he hasn't been collecting them because he had thought his place on the Vivacia was assured. So he could have had like eight ship's tickets that said that he was a great person and he was at one point first mate and instead (laughs) he has nothing now and he has to start from scratch and he tells the man in charge of this post that althea did not actually get control that it's actually kyle he seems very shocked by this because everybody on the dock seemed to have the understanding that Althea was being trained to take over the ship.
0: But surely his daughter will take over it now. For years, he's been grooming her, the younger one. Althea Vestrit? You're not the only one surprised that that isn't to be so. Including Mistress Vestrit herself, to her shock and grief. Then, feeling abruptly he had said too much about another's pain, he added, I've just come for my pay, sir, not to gossip about my betters. Please pay no mind to an angry man's words. So, yeah, he talks about his old ship's tickets there. Like, he threw his old ones away before the vivacia because he's like, well, I'm never going to need another one. I'll stay on the vivacia." Right. Never thought to ask Efren because, like you said, he expected to stay.
1: Right. You and know, he can't get one. Yes. And Efren, as we know, kept people regardless of age. Yeah. So he thought it was, sure, a done deal. And the man at this dock is kind enough to tell him that his view is that Brashan's Brashan has up to the ranks. Like yeah. people know that he has a better reputation now than when he did before the vivatia. And he even says, you know, if anyone needs a recommendation, you tell them my name and I will tell them that I think you're trustworthy and that you should be hired on.
0: Yeah. He says, it's well known to me at least that captain Vestret thought highly of you and your work. So direct him to him. He can give him a recommendation and it's something, maybe not a ship's ticket, but it's something.
1: Right. At least it's another person's word that he was a good, good shipmate. And it is really sad because although Efren did make the big speech at the end of his life of you're the best man ever, I approve of you. I feel like ultimately that just like made it even less likely that Kyle was going to give him a ship's ticket.
0: (laughs) It was never going to happen to begin with. That's true. That's true. But
1: like if there was like less of a chance than nothing, it went to that. (laughs) Um, But yeah, so now Brashen has to grapple with the fact that he doesn't know how he's going to find work and he got paid a lot less than he was getting paid when he was first mate. Yep. He talks about how Captain Vestrit has had always told him to put some of his money in savings whenever he would come to town to put some of it in the bank. And he decides right now that he's going to start because clearly <laughs> that he should have been doing it from the beginning, but it's a hard lesson and he's learned it now. And then decides that his next move is to get an inn, spend one night of revelry kind of in a remembrance of his captain. Yep. And then he would start looking for work. He'd give himself at least one day and one night in a nice inn.
0: But he also needs to find a place to sleep anyways, because he usually just spent the night aboard the v- vasha. Yes. And never really had to pay for a room before. So Exactly. He's got to, if he's got to do that anyways, might as well remember Captain Vestrate.
1: Yes. And he does talk a little bit about how he is going to put coins. There's a little bit in his shoe, a little bit in his pocket and a little bit in the kerchief around his neck um, because he doesn't want one pickpocket to get away with all of it. And I find that really interesting because I didn't really think about there being pickpockets in Bing Town. Like I see it as more of like a a smallish port town mm. that's, like, everybody knows everybody. You wouldn't have any real uh, crime. It's not real really crime. that
0: small, though.
1: I know it's growing a lot, but I don't know. The fact that Brashen even knows to...
0: Even before they left, it's not really that. There's, I mean, there's a lot of old trader families, first of all. There's, like, what, 60 that survived or oh, something like true. that? Oh, that's true. That's true. And that's just the old traders. And then there's the three ships, people that came in before. There's, you know, there's, like, yeah. a bunch of... And other traders that aren't part of them, like Kyle's family that right. have been around for a while.
1: That's fair. You know,
0: this is a big city that has a full market, you know, downtown street. Yeah. This is, has a huge docks area, a trade port. Mm. You know, it's going to be a ton of people around. Fair. And I, I think it would be very easy for people to pickpocket in big crowds like that.
1: That's fair, I guess. I. I don't know. I guess I just have always like thought of it Every, as small town vibes.
0: Everything is described from our point of view like as a small town. I, I really don't think Robin Hobb did a, a great job expanding Bingtown as much as it should have been expanded. Right. But I think that's mostly because we don't get it until the last book when Cyrilla comes. Right. Because everyone else sees Bingtown as like, oh, this is home. We don't need to describe anything. We go... Docks, home, maybe Rain Wild Street.
1: Right. Also, the <laughs> exactly, like the really popular sandwich shop or whatever. Yeah. Like, like there there's tea shop. There's
0: not a lot of places. It's not really described besides the hills surrounding it getting changed. Yes. We don't get a good description of like the vastness or the sprawling nature of it or anything like that. It's just. It's hard to place in your mind unless you're super paying attention to context clues and like rereading it.
1: That's fair. That's fair.
0: So I understand the confusion because it to me, too, it does feel like small town, but in my head rationally I can say like oh it makes sense
1: well maybe it's like
0: in my heart I'm like small town vibes
1: maybe it's because we're like getting the gated community small town drama and like in a big city
0: this is the HOA drama like the old town traders
1: Beverly Hills in LA like (laughs) (laughs) we're just hearing about the elite and their problems not necessarily all the other things
0: when they visit like the three ships sail like three ships um Settlers and and all those people down there, the fishermen. It's a whole new world that Beverly Hills people <laughs> never get to. Yes. Yeah. So he is kind of expecting to pay his last, res- last respects to Captain Vestrate in an inn because he knows Kyle will never let him step foot on the Vivacia again to let him see off Efren. But as he's turning towards town... And stepping out of the shady offices, he sees Althea storming down the gangplank. And he watched her go down to the docks, striding along so that her skirts trailed out behind her like shredded sails in a gale. Her face was tear-streaked, her hair disheveled, and her eyes hot black with an anger that was almost frightening. Heads turned to watch her go by. Brashen groaned to himself, then settled his sea bag more firmly on his shoulder. He'd promised he'd watched over her. With a heartfelt sigh, he followed her. And so there he is once again trying to fulfill his promise to Captain Vestret. He is an honorable man. He takes it a bit more seriously than probably most people would because Efren was, as I said earlier, his moral signpost. That is kind of his guide in life. And as we see in the later books, the further he gets away from Ephraim's guiding hand, the further he falls into his previous vices.
1: Right. Yeah, it's, it's really telling about how it is so important to have a supportive environment to succeed that especially people who are struggling with with heavier needs than normal definitely need that kind of not necessarily a guiding hand, like adults can figure it out on their own, but just like a, an environment to grow in where they feel safe, where their basic needs are being met. And, and just an
0: example to look up to yes, or to strive for, or a goal to strive for.
1: Exactly. Yeah. So I don't know lot coming Brashen's way, but as for now, he's still on the straight and narrow and he is trying his best to, Do right by Efren, even if that's a little misguided, because I don't think his best idea is to follow Althea right now.
0: I mean, he does save her from, like, getting robbed later, I think, or something. Mm. I don't know.
1: Yeah, I don't remember.
0: (laughs) She gets super drunk. That's all I remember.
1: Really, I don't even remember that, I think.
0: I'm pretty sure she gets super drunk and then, like, he carries her to Paragon to sleep.
1: I thought they take he takes her home and they get yelled at or something.
0: Oh, it might be that one. I don't know.
1: I don't know either. Either way, it's fine.
0: It'll be in the next episode or two. Yes. Whatever it is. <laughs> so thank you so much for joining in and listening to us this week. If you have any contributions to add to this conversation, please let us know isfitshappy at gmail.com. or you can comment or message us on any of our social medias. We're on Twitter, we're on Facebook and Instagram. And our handle on all of those is IsFitsHappy. So feel free to rate, review on your favorite podcasting app and let us know what you
1: think. Yeah, we look forward to hearing your guys' thoughts. Now we get to talk about my favorite stuff. (laughs) All of the stuff that our listeners have sent in. So I'm going to start with a really uh, simple one just right off the bat. Um, we got some a comment on Instagram from Peculiar, po- Peculiar Ponies talking about how um, they agree with us that a lot of the characters to start with are pretty annoying and that there's a lot of growth that needs to be done um yeah. and to make them likable
0: particularly paragon amber althea Brashen, and etta Wintrow, ophelia jack clef fronica and i'm sure they're forgetting others they say <laughs> yeah. uh, the first part of the their comment is particularly about sore core. it's kind of how the this conversation started with them about how you know bad past bad decisions in some things but generally you know, he does a lot of good, but with wrong intentions. What makes him complicated. And that's kind of applies to a lot of the characters in this. It's kind of that debate between at what point does, you know, the ends are greater than the means. At what point are you a bad person for doing what you're doing, even if it's a good outcome? Right. Like, it's a lot of that debate in this trilogy, which is what makes it a really interesting moral dilemma for a lot of these characters and for the readers liking them.
1: Right. Yeah. No, so it was a really interesting comment. Thank you for ponies. And
0: then there are a few comments, uh messages, excuse me, from Amir, um, kind of talking about various conversations we had in the last episodes. One right off the bat is that uh just kind of revisiting the gantry thing. We had talked to about in the last episode as well, that Amir was kind of a defender of Gantry and just, he just wants to say again here that uh, for Wintrow, he is the kindest authority, mostly late in the book. So here Althea is negative, negative to him, but Gantry is the best guy remaining on the crew afterwards. So again, we'll have to keep an eye out for that uh, because yeah, uh, Gantry doesn't have a good first impression. That's for sure but it is from Althea's point of view and anything that Kyle touches is garbage according to her so the uh, the next part of what he was commenting about is that the live ship bond is closer to the wit than the skill in Amir's opinion and it's probably best to like discuss it in those terms because it's Amir comments that the dreams are eerily similar to Fitz teaching Night Eyes how to hunt, and the harsh dependence on the bond of the live ship and the bonded family is pretty similar to how a witted person needs his animal and vice versa. Which is an interesting thought and kind of discussion that we were talking about before, like how much is skill, how much is whatever, and I think this is... The more I think about it, the more I think it's like an entirely new magic. It's more similar to dragon stuff, which is, in my opinion, kind of in between the both and how skill and wit kind of both make up. Right. Dragon's magic. So I can see definitely wit kind of taking over this aspect of the magic itself. Yeah. Uh, it, But skill being, you know, very integral to everything as well talking in the mind. I mean, the wit does that too, but also like animating the ship and allowing the ship right. to, to take a form and everything like that. It's, it's an interesting conversation. I do think it's a separate combination of the two.
1: Yeah. Um, this is a little off topic, but it will <laughs> go okay. to that point. Okay. Um, I just had a thought, can everyone hear live ships talk?
0: Out and loud? see them, yes, 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 okay. they can. So they
1: like essentially
0: have vocal cords. They have, yes, they have a mouth. They can speak out loud. They can also talk directly to a person if they are linked to them or you know bonded to right. them. As far as I am aware.
1: So a normal person could walk down the docks and hear out loud. Yes, yeah, okay, it's not yep. in their mind. 100%. Okay, because I was just thinking about how. They're connected to dragons, and yet dragons don't speak out loud.
0: Because they are, I mean, animals, kind of.
1: I suppose
0: <laughs> they communicate in dragon roars and things like that. Right.
1: <laughs> and I mean, maybe it's... they're
0: above that. I mean, dragons are <laughs> okay. too arrogant, you know. Sure. They're like cats; they'll they'll talk to everybody, <laughs> but only some <laughs> people can hear them.
1: Right. Well, maybe. Maybe it's the influence of the humans then that make them speak out loud. Maybe like a dragon influenced enough by a human could also speak out loud.
0: I mean, the others.
1: But anyway, this connects. because The others can (laughs) speak out loud. Yeah, that's true. But it connects because I was thinking about if the magic of the ships is more connected to like wit or skill, then potentially we would see that more evident in the fact that not everyone can hear the live ships, Mm, yeah. but I guess people can hear them. So
0: I mean, people should sound that idea. (laughs) I mean, that's why I'm saying it's skill making the form, right? Because people in elderlings cities, you know, they had those plays that animated like the memories for the actors and stuff and the statues moving around. People didn't have to be skilled to view those things. People who were not skilled could walk the skill road, you know, that the skill can make physical things that can interact with other people. That's true. It's just not the far technology right. capabilities to do that. Yeah, that's fair. <laughs> so it's just another kind of way that it manifests in my mind. Interesting. But again, it's like a combination of the two more dragony right. and unique. <laughs> right. And the last thing that Amir brings up here is that, um, again, wants to be a Ronica defender. Which Which, is totally fine. Yeah, I I really do like Ronica as well as a character. I think I like her a lot more than you do, personally. Yeah, probably. (laughs) But um, he just wants to discuss kind of Ronica bluntly telling Althea that her father is dying and why that's it's probably, you know, taking the benefit of the doubt with that action and kind of agreeing with Althea's thought process of like, yeah, it's blunt, but... Althea is a capable woman who can get through this and it's better to spare her from the realization, the slow, agonizing realization of like, oh, is he not going to make it? Why wouldn't you tell me?
1: No. Yeah, I think I think my dislike for the way Ronica went about telling Althea probably stems from my own lens of that is not how I would want to be told my father is dying.
0: <laughs> right. Um, <yeah.
1: laughs> I would not take that. Well, I would probably be a lot more mad at my mother if she said it that way. Um, <laughs> so I definitely think that was more coming from a personal way than like taking into consideration
0: the character, the character,
1: yeah. Um, also, but,
0: we have to remember that Althea was raised by Ronica. Yes. So, like, very used to how Ronica,
1: Ronica reacts is, yes. to things. Yeah. And, and, I mean, people react to things in different ways. Like, even me, who is kind of a more... Emotional person who would like to be let down a little bit more gently. I don't know that in the situation of my husband dying and having to talk to my child who's been away for a long time, that I wouldn't also just be blunt about it, especially when it's gotten to the point where like you're just so tired yeah. of this waiting game where been it's like eight like, months. Yeah, yeah, eight months of just this slow decline and hopelessness. And like maybe there's nothing left after that to give a softer version of your dad's dying. Yeah. But I don't know. So it it is a little unfair. I'll concede that I don't think it makes Ronica a bad person that that's how she said it. And I don't even fault her for the way that she delivered the message. I think it is really smart of Amir to point out that Althea is a very strong and capable woman who does kind of like getting news in that way. And that is kind of the best way that her mother could have given her the news. But I still think that it was not very nice. <laughs> <laughs> so, I personally wish it was a little bit softer.
0: Thank you, Amir, for yes. uh, sending those uh,
1: thoughts our way. Yes. Thank you, Amir. And finally, we got some comments on last episode for uh, from Ellen. And Ellen wanted to talk a little bit about Althea and kind of the growing up she has to do. So Ellen makes a comment that because Ephron is the only Captain Althea's ever been under, potentially the reason that she thinks the crew is kind of not important is because she just assumes that their reverence and loyalty just comes with the position of being a captain like she probably isn't there when Efren is doing all of the really nice things for his crew all of the time or, that's
0: or she is there and thinks it's normal I right mean, we kind of right. touched on that a little bit before just because she hasn't been around other people she hasn't you know been in the position of a crewmate before on any other ship Right. So it's just a little little growing up to do a little reality check.
1: Right. And so, of course, she's going to think that they automatically would feel the same way for her because she's never seen what makes a bad captain or, you know, why they would have that for her father. Mm -hmm. And with that, Ellen talks about how they would have loved to see Althea. Try to captain like if Althea would have actually gotten to have ownership of the ship, it would be really interesting to see how Althea did on that first voyage to see if she would have lost crew either by her own firing or from people leaving to not want to be captained by her.
0: Yeah, because I I think I agree with Ellen here that it would be a I mean, obviously a vastly different book, but also an interesting part of a book to read about because she would go through a lot of struggles in my mind because of all the things that we've been ragging on her for for the past right. few episodes you know yeah she is totally different now than where she comes out on the other side of her journeys and it wouldn't be pretty I don't think no but If, I don't think she would, but if she listened to Brashen a lot more, like if she kept him on as a first mate, like things would have been going smoothly, would have covered, kind of like if she had the same faith Kenneth has in Sorcor, Brashen would have been able to cover for everything, run it perfectly well. I think they'd be like, well, she doesn't really know what she's doing, but Brashen's an okay guy, we'll stay on. And then she would learn and it'd be fine. But if she's kind of like... I'm the captain now.
1: (laughs) Look at me. Yeah. I'm the captain now.
0: (laughs) Then I think I agree with Ellen that it would go kind of rough.
1: Right. I also feel like there's a potential that Brashen wouldn't have been on the ship if Althea was in charge. You don't think so?
0: I think no, she would have kept him on.
1: She doesn't like Brashen. She says that in the very first yeah. chapter that she doesn't like Brashen. She, he stands up to her and he isn't afraid to put her in her place. Mm-hmm. And she thinks it's ridiculous that he'll do that to her, but won't talk bad about his captain. And like, yeah, I
0: think she would have kept him though.
1: I don't know. I, Cause she like also says whenever she's like, "Uh Oh, I just gave Brashen away for being the one, who was er, for being there to get Kyle's wrath or whatever.
0: Yeah. 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 Yeah, When Kyle
1: is trying to is mad at her, she's like, I bet that means that he won't get to ride in the ship anymore. Oh, well, like, I don't know. She doesn't, didn't seem very like she'd be very sad to see him leave. So I just don't, I don't know. I think he would want to stay. I don't know if she would keep him. Yeah. I don't know. But it would be a very interesting read to have this version Althea See, try to captain.
0: I personally think she would have kept him on at least for the first voyage because keep it everything the same as her father. She would have tried to do everything exactly the same as her father did. That's fair. Yeah.
1: And also Ellen wanted to mention that they have, uh, she has been reading ahead in the book and it's gotten to chapter 17 where Wintro 16, 16. Thank you. Where Wintro fights the, or sees the bear, um, the fighting bear. (laughs) Yeah. And he doesn't mention anything about kind of having empathy for what the bear is going through or feeling what the bear is feeling. And so she does not think that he has any wit as we were proposing. He might.
0: Yep. Kind of confirms our thoughts there that Wintro is witless. (laughs) Yes. Um, but
1: we had thought that maybe he did have wit because I was saying that the,
0: taking the pain away from a grieving person
1: taking the grief kind of felt like maybe it could be wit related but this is kind of confirmation that it probably isn't
0: yeah and Ellen also does make a mention that that you know easing of pain isn't like forging in their mind And and I want to clarify if I was a little confusing last episode I don't think it's exactly like forging I don't think you're taking away that emotion so they don't feel that again I was just kind of Relating that a little bit more to something similar in the skill field,
1: <laughs> <laughs> sure.
0: To uh, to reducing pain or taking emotion away, because we haven't seen that. And um, I was kind of taking the opposite stance of the the wit thing, right? Yeah, like what uh um Burek does with like his healing or right. you know making animals calm or whatever. Yeah. So I was just trying to take an example that it. Could be more skill related because there are things similar to that. So, yeah, I I agree with you, Ellen. Uh, I don't think it is like forging at all. It's kind of a transference almost, it seems like, of the emotion. Kind of connecting the brain and taking that pain and memory through that connection, that mental connection to your own self. Rather than like just throwing it into a rock (laughs) and it disappearing forever. It's kind of like having it.
1: So thank you, Ellen, for that insight and for those thoughts. Um, And thank you to everyone who wrote in. As always, it is a joy to hear from you guys and to read your thoughts. We can't wait to hear the thoughts you bring to us next week.